live from the ESPN 690 and Jordan Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. The other time I was like kind of shaking my head a little bit was the first two plays and we just were going backwards. I'm like, oh gosh, you know, we're trying to like get in field goal range and we lose like combined 10 yards in the first two plays. Obviously, that's not how you want to start. But no, I never had any doubt, especially when we got that call on that fourth down. Like it was great. You know, third down, I think it was third and 18, third and 20, something like that. And we got an easy completion for 10 yards or 12 yards to put us back kind of to where we need a little bit more to get the field goal. And then we were kind of going back and forth deciding what we wanted to do. And when, we, when the call came in, I had no doubt that it was the right call that we'd executed. Trevor Lawrence on the slider play. I think I'm probably being a little crazy on this. But I don't think they should have had that much doubt going into it. Like, I think that play was there the whole time. Like I, I feel like they should have known that play was available to them. I understand the fourth down hesitation, but yeah. I, I, I'm a little surprised there was that much conversation about the Hail Mary in that situation. And that's you can tell they were curious about what they wanted to do and didn't really think about the slider play perhaps right away because they let the clock tick down to five seconds. Like yeah. You could probably even have helped yourself if you go to six seconds. Now, what that does for the defense is it kind of brings that more attention on that play, too, if it's at six or seven. So five was probably the perfect amount. I don't know. I, I, it's just. I mean, you got to remember, like, it, maybe a different clock operator, it goes down to zero as well. It could. So, I mean, so it was it, it was a very minuscule thing in terms of how much time you had left. And, again, I mean, listen, they're coming off a win. There's plenty of time to criticize this football team and, and the coaching staff and everybody else. I just. Victory I, Tuesday, it, everybody. It's just something to keep an eye on that. I, I said this. I feel like you should always be two or three plays ahead as a play caller and especially in late game situations or late half situations i i feel like you should oh i mean i'm no genius i'm not, I'm not sure which call to make but yeah. I, I mean i remember in real time saying you can run a play in four seconds like mm -hmm. that was real time for me if i'm thinking that way i'm hoping somebody up in the booth or on the sideline is thinking that way too that's in play yeah um and i know there's a lot going on in the moment well, Listen, and i mean you could keep you in could mind sit there the, the, watch me on yeah. tv and say hey why didn't you know that was going on because well, sure. i got a lot of things going on in my mind right and keep in mind the, the previous couple of plays were disasters as well I they mean, were <laughs> yeah. so it wasn't really going the jaguars way in the first place and i do think most people think in that situation all right you're fourth and what they were like fourth and 20 or something yeah and so you're thinking let's oh, just give me a chance at a hail mary well, then, once they got to that part of the field, they're like, okay, I think we can run this play. So, listen, it all worked out. I, I'm, probably, I'm probably talking about it too much. It's just something now I have a little bit my eyes on, say. It, it, well, the reason I have my eyes on it, Austin, is because I wonder on third down and two when they didn't make it on fourth and two if they're thinking that ahead of time. Yeah. I think it helps you if you're thinking that ahead of time. And the Jags, I feel like their coaching staff needs to be thinking two plays in advance, especially in those kind of situations of a what-if can happen. But that's the thing, though, and we talked about this before yesterday. If the, if the true goal was to go for it on fourth down and you already knew that, then you probably would have ran the ball on third down, set it up, and then see where you're at on fourth down. Yeah. You know, because usually, I mean, if you plan on going for it, you already have that third play, you know, that, that third down play in mind, and then you have the fourth down play in mind already as well. Well, you, you, you try to pass it on third down, doesn't work and now you know you, it's fourth down and what happened happened there so yeah I, I wonder whether it was urban meyer whether it was bevel it, i wonder just how far ahead of the game they really were yeah and it doesn't sound like much but 
they're not alone either. There's a lot of coaches that you feel like that happens, right? Mm -hmm. Like it'll be a four-down situation. You're like, well, why didn't you think about that? Why didn't that affect the third-down play call? That was a dumb play call on third down then. Yeah. If you knew you were going to go for it on fourth down. So, again, there is in, in defense of them, there's a lot going on down on the sideline up in the booth you're watching a lot you're seeing how you know you can't predict exactly that you were going to get a 12-yard play to work mm -hmm. to LaVisca Chennault but just think ideally you're like okay if we get 12 yards here we got fourth and eight we might be able to do the Hail Mary or we might be able to do the slider play like I feel like that should enter your mind mm -hmm. at some point but I'm also not sitting there reading a sheet of 400 plays that I'm about <laughs> to call you know yeah, yeah. so again I, I just want to it's not apples to apples me watching from the office yes. and those guys down there on the sideline there's a lot going on uh, there's a lot happening Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz. Uh, I will say, though, that's why they're getting paid the big bucks to do that. Yep. Because they can handle a lot going on. For sure. Uh, we're at Top Golf in Jacksonville we, every Tuesday. And uh, about 4 o'clock on every Tuesday, we go around the NFL. Casey Kurtz, bring us around the NFL, baby. Let's, six weeks in. It's kind of crazy six weeks in, but uh, let's go for it. And we'll, uh, we'll start in the AFC in which the Ravens won 34-6 over the Chargers. They are the only five-win team in the AFC, which is kind of strange, but true, according to Google.com. Uh, so the question <laughs> is, are they the best team in the AFC, even though they are the wins leader? They may not be the best team, but let's see what you think about that. That's a good question. Like, if you give me the highs and lows of this year right now, and you mm -hmm. didn't give me any records, and you, you talk about narratives and what we've discussed, and, hey, who's got the most wins in the AFC? My mind doesn't think Baltimore. Yeah. Like, I feel like they haven't been dominant. Mm -hmm. They haven't been great. They have found ways to win, and then they were dominant yeah. this past week. But I wouldn't think of them right away. Yet here we are. And to be honest with you, if you can get the five wins and not be clicking on all cylinders, mm -hmm. I think that's actually a better thing than a team that might have got off to a 3-0 and start and you feel like that they emptied their tank on how good they can be. Yeah. So... This is a veteran team. They kind of know who they are. They know how to win. And, by the way, John Harbaugh continues to be an unbelievable coach. They had all three of their backs that scored touchdowns weren't even on the roster a month well, ago. Which is insane that they're, they're still – that's the thing, too, that they still have that physical identity running the football, and it's with a bunch of guys that – you know, I mean, like Latavius Murphy and, and guys like that. It's just guys you haven't heard of in a while, let's just say. So are they legitimately the best team in your opinion? What do you think? I don't, but I do. I said this, I tweeted this last night. I think the Bills, yeah. keep an eye on this now. I like the Bills a lot. I think the Chiefs may be weathering some storms and can probably overcome it, although I'm not convinced of that. But what I would be concerned about if I'm Balt, um, um, Bill, the Bills mm -hmm. is that I lose out to Baltimore in home field advantage because of maybe a game like that last night. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to both lose like go one or two losses but i think they'll each have like four losses no for sure or something that could come back to bite them yeah i think i think the bills are still the best team in the afc despite last night i think the bills what i've seen from their defense is a little better than the ravens i would probably take josh allen right now over lamar jackson i mean it's close but um i think josh allen continues to amaze and i'm taking that defense um, I'm taking the run game uh, of Buffalo even over uh, Baltimore in terms of really? I think, well, in terms of talent. I mean, I'll take Zach Moss and Singletary over Latavius Murray and uh, Dante Freeman all day. Here's my question about Baltimore. And I'll take the receivers as well in, in well, that's Buffalo. True. They feel more dynamic, right, yeah. the Bills do, although Lamar makes them dynamic. Mm. But here's what I would say, and I, I wondered this about I wonder this about certain teams all the time. Are they seasoned enough to handle mm – -hmm. The year. 
right? The the, the NFL grind. The I, I wonder that about Arizona still, and, and they're off to a tremendous start. Yes. The Bills, I think, they've been through a lot. They kind of understand who they are. They understand they have a very good team. They understand beating Kansas City wasn't like the Super Bowl of, of Super Bowls. But are they still, are they there yet? Because Baltimore is a team full of veteran guys that understand it. Calais understands it. Guys on off, now Lamar's been through it a few years. John Harbaugh understands it. There's like this big picture, like, it's okay, don't worry, don't panic. Yeah. Uh, do the Bills panic a little bit at times? Like, what happened to our defense last night, right? Yeah. I mean, I wonder that about Buffalo. And I think, I'm not overly concerned about it about Buffalo, but I still wonder about it. And I don't wonder about that on, on the Ravens. Okay. All right, Casey. We had two head coachless teams, if you will, uh, play this week, Arizona and Vegas, and they both won big. The Cardinals did that on the road. They beat the Browns 37-14 to without Cliff Kingsbury. And obviously the John Gruden situation, you know about the Raiders beat the Broncos 34-24. to So the question is, which team had a more impressive win, the Cardinals or the Raiders? I really think the Raiders had a more impressive win because right now I think Cleveland, oh, listen, Arizona's stacked and talented. Uh, Cleveland, I thought they would do better. I picked them actually to win that game, but they've got some issues. They've got running back issues with they're banged up, and, and Baker's banged up, mm -hmm. and obviously their defense is still eh, right? Yeah. Um, so here's what it proves. is coaching is overrated in the NFL. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I think if you have the talent, uh, it's overcome those coaching deficiencies, yes. coaching deficiencies for sure. Um, I, I think it's the Cardinals all day. I, I've... I've said many times I don't, like, think Denver is really that great of a team. Um, I think the Raiders, you know, it was a game where they rallied behind the situation and then they won in spite of the situation, which we've seen in college football and in pros the like. I think, like, you know, Kingsbury to me is, is tied to that offense. It'd be like losing Sean McVay for a game. If you lose Sean McVay or Cliff Kingsbury, you're going to go, oof. I mean, that's a, that's a big loss. How's the quarterback going to handle it? Well, Kyler Murray came out there, and he still did the dang thing. So I think it was a huge win in Cleveland for Arizona, and it just showcases just how dynamic and how explosive that offense really is and, and how talented they are, obviously, with Kyler Murray as well. But the Raiders had lost to Chicago, and it played, like, listless mm -hmm. against Chicago mm -hmm. after a 3-0 and start, and then they have all the Gruden stuff going on. Yeah. And now they've got some good guys. I mean, Gus Bradley, obviously, on defense, special teams coach, who I'd never really even heard much about, but they yeah. say he's an unbelievable guy. Yeah. You know, it's funny to me is when they start talking about these guys as much, I ask, well, why the hell has he been a head coach? True. If he's that good True. and all this stuff, then why haven't you made him a head coach before? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, but that's the NFL circle. It's weird, especially it for special teams guys. It's hard to break through. Mm -hmm. uh, Joe Judge has been able to do it. Very few have met Harbaugh yeah. way back in the day. Yeah. And yet, not many others have. Mm -hmm. So... But I think the Raiders' win was very impressive because that's that felt like it could be combustible. Yeah, and it, and it wasn't. Mm -hmm. um, so I go with the Raiders. He goes with the Cardinals. Casey, it's amazing that we have five, a bunch of five-win teams in the NFC. Those are the Cardinals, Cowboys, Rams, Packers, and the Bucks. We only have one in the AFC. But the question is, out of those teams, or maybe not those teams, who's the best team in the NFC? Uh, give it to us again. Cardinals. Cowboys. I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> I'm going to keep going. Rams, Packers, Bucks. Whew. That is good, isn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm set. You, you think the Cardinals? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't. Okay. Uh, boy, that's good. I don't. Here's I'm going to play the elimination game. I don't think it's the Cardinals. Why? 
because of what I've been saying. I, I just I think they're I think they love being undefeated right now, but I think overall and, and by <laughs> they've been very impressive against the Rams against Cleveland. Um, I just wouldn't take them. Like I think you're asking this in the context of like who you're riding with from here on out. Is that is that kind of what you're getting at? Who's who's the best team right now in the NFL, right? In the NFC. I'm sorry, in the NFC. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, if you think they're the best team in the NFC right now, you'd probably be riding with them the rest of the year, right? Sure. Yeah, see, that's that's where I guess I get kind of a little mixed on that. I, I Okay, I'll come with you. The Cardinals are the best team. They've, they've, there know, it you know, is. They, you know their hardest game is the Jags. The well, Cardinals? Wait, what? The hardest game they've had, at least from a score standpoint. Oh, yeah, okay. It's against you. the Jags. I got you. The Jags played them better than anybody. Sure. Include the Rams, the Browns, the... I don't know who else they played, but... Yeah. I mean, I feel like overall, if, like, you're going to pit those two and they will play again, mm-hmm. I still would take, like, the Rams over them. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably take the Bucks over them. Okay. I don't think I would take the Packers over them. What was the other team I'm missing? Oh, Dallas. Yeah, I don't trust Dallas all the way yet. <laughs> uh, but, so, all right, I'm coming with Austin. I'll say the Cardinals. They've proven it. And they've kind of beat people badly for the most part. Yep. And even they slept in Jacksonville, it would seem, and they were able to come back and win. They have a lot. You know what people don't talk about because they love talking about Kingsbury and, and Kyler mm-hmm. and what they have on offense is their defense is very good, Austin. Like, oh, for sure. Very good. And they just did this without Chandler Jones because yep. he wasn't playing. But their defense is excellent and has been good. I just would take, if right now if I could take one of those teams in the end, I'd actually take the Rams. <laughs> I think their defense is dynamic. And can be shut down worthy. And yeah, I love but they've Stafford. given up some points though I know too. They have. But I'm just if I could ride with one team right now, right okay. now, six okay. weeks in, okay. I think I would take the Rams, even over the Bucks and over the Cardinals. Right now where it sets up taking the Cardinals all day because their defense is it top five? Probably not, but it, they do enough to keep, you know, their offense on the field, number one. But number two, what nobody talks about is how good they're running the football. And it's not with Kyler Murray. It's with James Conner. It's with Chase Edmonds. They're a top five rushing team right now in the NFL. I think they're top ten in passing, if I'm not mistaken, but they're top five running the football. So that tells me that you have a, a super balanced attack, and we just say Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray. Yeah, that's great. If you want to take those guys and, you know, try to stop the pass, they can run it down your throat as well. So I love a team that can do both, that can do both very well. I love a team that has mounts and mounts of talent uh, in terms of wide receiver. They just signed Zach Ertz at tight end. Uh, offensive line is, is legit. Uh, I just think that in terms of offense, they're a very hard team to figure out. Hey, uh, Casey, keep it here for one moment because I think you bring up a lot of good points. And, and this is why you could certainly say they're the best now and I would ride with them mm-hmm. because there's two things that could happen for Arizona. Ertz is going to give them another di- dimension, yep. right? Mm-hmm. But I'd say bigger than that, they are just holding Kyler back. Oh, yeah. Right? They're holding yeah. them back. They're holding them back. And when the playoffs come or big games come down the end, they can be like, all right, dude, now you can go. Sure. Right? Yeah, now no, you can yeah. go run around. But right now, like, it's almost like the league is sleeping on Kyler's legs because if you look at the stats, he's run for, like, 40 yards all year. Yep. No, <laughs> no, for sure. For sure. And then this is, you know, I think this is Kingsbury saying, we don't need to win games right now with your leg. We yeah. have we have the running game to do it, and we have the receivers just to throw to. You don't have to win us the games. You just stand back there, throw the ball, open target, and we'll win. And so far, they've been winning. That's a good call.
I'm with Brent. I hate to say it. I'm riding with the Rams because I picked them to go to the Super Bowl, and I'm pretty sure the Titans aren't going to win the Super Bowl, but if the Rams could at least <laughs> get there, I'd get half of that right. So that's pretty much my only Don't option. Don't let Ego get in the way now. Don't let Ego get in the way. I have to. That's all I have. Uh, Sam Darnold and the Panthers, they fought for overtime. They still lose 34-28 to to the mm-hmm. Vikings. Both teams are now 3-3. Three and three. The question is, do we know what either team is yet? No, but I would probably – I I'd put more stake in Minnesota. Minnesota yes. is a missed kick. Oh, actually, Minnesota probably played uh, Cardinals better than even the Jags. They were a missed yeah. kick away from yeah. 37 yards. That wasn't like a 60-yarder. True. And so Minnesota lost that. Minnesota lost in overtime to Cincinnati. Yeah. Minnesota easily could be 5-1. and one, yeah. But it's kind of like, do you trust Minnesota and Zimmer? It's like they find <laughs> ways to win. Well, and do you trust right? Kirk Cousins yeah, for, no, for the whole I year? Cousins is a little more trustable than huh? Zimmer. It's yeah, like they yeah. find weird ways to lose and be in games. And even this one, they were way up. Yeah. And they gave up, like, with four minutes to go, they're up by, I think, 11 yeah. in that game, mm-hmm. and they couldn't get it done. So I don't trust Minnesota, but I would ride with Minnesota because I think they're way better than Carolina, to be honest with you. I think Carolina's starting to kind of, eh. They got off to such a good start. They're one good win against New Orleans. But the other one was kind of like a facade, you know. I mean, yeah. I don't really think they're that good. And Darnold isn't playing as great as he was in the first few. Am I unrealistic to say that in terms of wide receivers slash running back, in terms of running the ball and passing the ball, Minnesota might have the best weapons out of anybody, excluding the tight end? No, you're right. I mean, am I, am I crazy And by to the say way, that? they've added tight end, but they've had some guys get hurt, right? Like yeah. cross. Yeah, yeah. Um, Casey, would you buy into that or not? I would buy into that. I think the only team that really has an argument would probably be Arizona, and even then I think the Vikings probably have them over. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think to answer the question, I'm definitely taking Minnesota um, over Carolina. Sorry, Casey, I know that your MVP candidate takes a hit there. But it's like Brent said, I mean, they've lost a couple close battles, and this has been a team year in and year out that seems like they're on the cusp of having something special, especially on offense, and then they just can't get it done. They can't get it figured out. I'll trust Kirk Cousins. I do trust Adam Thielen. I definitely trust Justin Jefferson. If Delvin Cook, that's that's the main thing now, is if Delvin Cook can stay healthy. Because this is a guy who's had a couple injuries here or there. If he can stay healthy, um, because he's so just viable in the run game, but also the pass game, I think they're a tough uh, team to, to, to beat there. I'm trying to go back on what you just said there, because you're right. Dalvin Cook healthy. Cousins veteran experience. And by the way, he always puts up numbers. Don't know if he has the clutch gene necessarily, mm-hmm. but he does put up numbers. And then you have Thielen and you have uh, Justin, Justin Jefferson. Jefferson. And so you take, like, those four guys. What other four guys would you take in the NFL? You know who comes to mind? I mean, you, you got to say the Buccaneers a little bit. Well, the Bucks certainly do, right? Yeah. Because Fournette's playing well. Yes. And so you've got three of them on the outside, and you have Gronk if healthy. True. And, you know, so now you start adding. So really, they would probably take the cake in this scenario. Okay. Arizona's a good call, too. But I would say sleepy here is the Titans. I mean, yeah, Tannehill's they... very Cousins-esque sure. in, a, in a way. Like, yep. he kind of feels that way. Yep. You got the best back in the league. Of course. And if you get production out of A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, if you just took four guys, they would be near the top of the list. Yep. Well, and I know Casey has Julio Jones and I have A.J. Brown, and production is the biggest thing right now, which we need from these wide receivers. Sigh. Yes. Sigh, bro. What are we doing? <laughs> Tannehill, Tannehill, and I and I goofed around and have Tannehill in a lot of leagues. Now I'm playing quarterback by committee with Heineke and the boys. So it's oh, just Casey, that's that's no way to live. No way to live. It's sir. not. And I've never done that in fantasy. Not, not 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 the point of this conversation, but my that's it's it's rough. It always right goes back to fantasy. It's all good. Uh, let's do some rapid fire, and I actually like most of these this week. Some of them I'm struggling. This time I'm not. 
So well, I'm sure we'll, we'll probably get to two of them because we're going to be long-winded here. Yeah, but so let's start with this. Who is the first coach fired? Oh, uh, is it Matt Nagy, Brian Flores? I still think on this list is I think Fangio's not far off. They could start three and zero, and what are they? They've lost three in a row, mm -hmm. and who are they? Yeah, right. I think Fangio was near the top of this list for me to begin with. Nagy was up there too, and I would say Fangio. I'm going to say Nagy just because if they don't win. Uh, if they don't at least go to the playoffs, I think it's a kind of a waste of a season even. I think his job's on the line already. You don't go to the playoffs, I think he's gone. But somebody's going to pull the plug. Or, like, somebody always pulls the plug in season. No, that's what I'm saying. If, oh, if, so they, if they the Bears are out of playoff out of contention play early, like then yeah. Okay. yeah. If you had to buy stock in one of these three teams, the Giants, the no. Jets, or the Lions, who would you buy? You have to. I would buy the Jets. I really believe in Salah. Yeah. Um, I think he's a star in the making. I really do. I like Zach Wilson, okay? I think there's this, you have to pick one and you can't like the other. I, that's not how I feel about this draft class. I like these guys. I think some might take longer than others. I I think the Jets should be excited to have Zach Wilson. He's going to really take some lumps this year as he's doing. Um, and I think there's some pieces to like on defense and also offense. Not enough, but I would... I would take the Jets. I don't trust the Lions. I shouldn't trust the Jets. I get it. But I trust Salah more than I do a Dan Campbell, and the Giants look like they might be headed toward a mess. Are you going to apologize to your best friend, Daniel Jones? Um, no, Daniel Jones is fine. Everything else around him sucks. <laughs> okay. Uh, to me, you know what? I'm, I'm, taking, I'm taking the Lions all day. Because I'm going to buy into the fact that Aaron Rodgers is going to be gone after this season in Green Bay. I'm going to buy into the fact that they have uh, a laundry list of first-round picks coming up now that they can use to start building that franchise back up. And I'm going to buy into Jared Goff being an okay quarterback and better than where, uh, where Zach Wilson is right now currently. So go ahead and give me the Detroit Lions. Very interesting. Uh, if How you about you, Casey? Answer that question. Oh. Oh. Um, definitely not the Giants. The Giants do seem like they're going to go backwards before oh. they go up. Yeah, I mean, get rid of Daniel Jones and start talking to me. And I don't trust Jared <laughs> Goff. Saquon Barkley. <laughs> oh. He should be at some medical clinic. What are, you, what, are you, what are you worried about Saquon Barkley for? They have a running back in Daniel Jones? <laughs> you worried about Saquon for? All right, we bought you time, Casey. Who you got? I guess the Jets by default. I thought it was a fascinating question. I believe in the coach a bit. I believe in Zach Wilson more than Daniel Jones or Jared Goff somehow, somewhere. Do you guys not like first-round picks or what? Are, are, are those bad news to everybody? I mean, all the first-round picks that have ever been picked on my teams have just brought me pain and suffering. <laughs> so uh, yeah. that's that. Uh, real quick, if you didn't Google it, hopefully you didn't, what does Khalil Herbert do for a living? <laughs> Is that his brother? No, that's the running back for... Um I mean, well, he's the running back for the Chicago Bears, right? Yeah, guy was – I'm just fascinated by this. Guy was a sixth-round pick, played for Kansas and Virginia Tech, third yep. running back on the depth chart, and you're behind David Montgomery, who's really good, gets hurt. Uh, then you're second on the depth chart behind uh, Williams, gets COVID. You get thrown in there, 19 for 97, 5.1 a carry and a touchdown. That's awesome. How about it for that guy? I don't know anything. I'm not like a diehard or I don't know the guy, but it just seems like a cool story. Uh, so he, I, like, driving Uber before this? Yeah, unconfirmed. <laughs> Sixth-round pick, though, so I guess they do eventually. If the Jags could just find, like, eight of those guys, we'd be in good shape next year. <laughs> uh, hey, their running back was even better than that. Yep. Undrafted. Undrafted. That is true. Last one, two awful injuries Sunday and Monday night football. Neck injuries, they look like, where guys were carted off the field. Is that a bad look for the league, or is that just football? 
Okay, I'm glad you said that. We'll go a little bit lengthy here, uh, more than we should. But that, I'm glad you brought that up. I don't think it's a bad look for the league. It happens in the NFL. And now I think the broadcasts are doing a good job of telling you exactly how much they do to protect the player in that situation mm -hmm. where it might not be as catastrophic as it looks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and they did a good job of saying that. I thought uh, Sunday night did a better job than the Monday night crew. Yeah, but, but, they also, but to, to put your point, though, they also did a great job of keeping the updates coming. They did. When, 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 when they, they do. Got to they do that. And everything. So and, that was and good. So, but I said this to you yesterday in the break. Yeah. And I said, Daniel Jones playing on Sunday, I thought was a bad look for the NFL. That guy gets wobbly six days early, standing up on the field. We know concussions are a big thing. Safety's a big thing. The impact on kids and how many want to play football and parents is a big thing. To have Daniel Jones go right back out there and get his brains beat in for 60 minutes against a very good defense and Aaron Donald and the rest, yeah. I thought was a bad move by the NFL. I thought it was a bad move by the New York Giants putting their quarterback out there, quite frankly. And I will say this, the Taylor guy from uh, number 52 for Sunday night's game yeah. for the Seattle Seahawks, there's talk that he will play this week. Mm -hmm. I don't think he should. I think those no. are bad th looks. I, I, you can't. You can't be on a stretcher immobile. Now, you can. I understand it. But yeah. I just think it's a bad look. Hold him out for another week. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because what no, if he uh, gets hurt again this week? Yeah. That will be an awful look for the league. No, without a doubt. Um. Yeah, see, th this is a tricky one. Uh, I do agree that it's, I mean, those those injuries happening live, um, I don't think it was that much of a detriment to the NFL because those things do ha happen. Yeah. And, and they don't you know, happen every week, but you, it happens twice know, in two days. And you err on the side of caution and, and getting immobilized and all that stuff. I will say my trust has to be with the third party in terms of the concussion evaluations. That's what they were hired for. So I put my faith in them making the right call and not being swayed. Well, this guy is one of the best players on the team. we got to play him. Like, I don't think those are the roads that those are the avenues that are traveled on so i i'm gonna put my faith in the third party also though i think when da when, when the game was out of hand against los angeles and you still have daniel jones in there then yes yeah, something's up with that and, and i think that the, the coaching there needs to be held accountable because you can tell he wasn't himself he didn't have his best game he he just wasn't there and even maybe maybe you, you were able to memorize some words correctly and and that means you can play but then when you go out there you're not yourself that's the that's the coach's job to save you from yourself, especially when you're getting blown out by Los Angeles Rams at home. Well, so th th that falls on judge. And, and by the way, we have enough. I've done enough stories. And I'm not an expert on it, but I've talked to enough doctors and stories on concussions over the years yeah. to know that that second one in a short span of time oh, yeah. is really the most devastating. And yeah. who knows how many he's got? But to me, that's why I would hold them out. You don't want to get another one within a seven-day period. Yeah. You don't want to get another one anyway. I just thought that was a bad, bad look. I don't know if I'd feel I, – I do. I think they should hold these guys out, Luan and, and whoever. If you think well, they're eligible yeah. to go, I, I would hold them out. Be cautious. And then going back to Luan, um, I am happy that he is okay because it was definitely a scary incident, scary scene. But at the same time, he inflicted it on himself because yeah. he tried to – and, and uh, some linemen still do this where – there's a pile, and, and you want to inflict damage, so you essentially kind of, like, roll yourself on the pile and lead with your head because yeah. that's going to do the most damage to a defensive lineman, and that's what Taylor Luan did. And, and in doing so, he ended up knocking himself out. So I think those plays right there where that play didn't have to happen, yeah. it wasn't necessarily a football play. I think it was a play designed to inflict, you know, pain, if you will. 
Um, I think that can be a great teaching lesson in saying that play doesn't have to happen. That's a good point. And but yeah. when he's healthy, hopefully he's healthy and okay and all yeah, that. And, and, and yeah, right. For and sure. it looks that way. Then I think it should be noted. Yeah. You know. Um, and by the way, that looked so innocent. Like it, it didn't yeah. really look like much. It, like a lot of times you can tell. Yeah. That one. It, I don't know how he hurt himself so much, but I know. Just some, sometimes it doesn't take that much. It doesn't take that much. Yeah. And uh, listen, I'm not trying to like call Taylor Juan a dirty player by any means or anything. But it's just a lot of linemen do that. A lot of linemen do that, and, and I get it. If I was lineman, I'd probably do it as well. But you gotta take that into account now, man. Don't leave with your head. That's yeah. what happens. And it's unnecessary. Correct. There's no addition to that it's play. Not a football that, play, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I do think the NFL. There's an optic play here that I think they gotta be careful. Mm -hmm. They really do. Uh, with, with some of these two these two guys, and I thought Daniel Jones was a real mistake by the Giants in the NFL. I don't care if he got approved. Hold him out for another week and make sure he's okay. Yeah. Especially in the quarterback position, you say you're going to protect quarterbacks, protect quarterbacks. That guy's indefensible sometimes, man. He gets hit in the head again. Who knows mm -hmm. uh, for Daniel Jones. I did not like him playing on Sunday, and it did the G Giants no favors anyway no. for him to play. No. Uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 Live from Top Golf right here in Jacksonville. Cisco's getting very close. He'd be the next one. Walker Little is, just takes a little bit of a time, but we're really happy with him. He's uh, he's going to be a good player in the NFL. Where George loves him, and uh, obviously Travis Etienne, uh, Tyson Campbell's a starting corner for us. Uh, Jay Tefelli, the reason we activated him, he really was coming on, and then then he gets hurt. Trying to think who else we have. And then Jordan Smith is still a work in progress right now. Oh, Luke Farrell's, yeah, he's he's what we thought, maybe a little better. How's a rundown of the draft? Yeah. This is why one thing Urban, I think, should catch himself a little bit on top. You know, we talk about the transparency, but way back in the draft time and when these guys were drafted, like, hey, we think these guys are going to be instant impact guys in the first, I think he said, three or four rounds. Like, first five picks or something well trevor we know etn you can't do anything about and he yeah. would have been um walk a little there, there was he most likely wasn't going to be an impact guy right he's looking good in training camp though those one-on-ones but but if you're ready to crown him the guys that you gave a franchise tag to played well well then he wasn't going to be an impact guy. i understand the selection by the way and i think it bodes well for down the road because it looks like they will need help and they're I don't know if they'll pay Cam Robinson. It gives them insurance. And, I, again, I like the depth of the Jags' offensive line. I think when you can go to Will Richardson as your third guard and the guy's played before, like, that's a good thing. Sure. And so some of these investments have played out. Just don't tell me that, that he's going to be an impact guy. Yes. And when Andre Sisco has not even really been on the field and you can't get turnovers and you got Wingard still back there. And, by the way, Wingard has some good moments, but he also has some bad moments. Yes. Then I just think you got to be careful of that. And, and I think he talks in absolutes sometimes and maybe it's like just because we all had this vision that Cisco was going to be ready to go and play. Mm -hmm. The only reason I thought Cisco wouldn't play is because he wouldn't have been healthy enough. Yes, which he seems to be healthy. Well, that's not a problem. It's, yeah. it's certainly not that. So, uh, anyway, you got to be a little careful. Uh, Pro Football Talk Power Rankings. Uh, I just saw this and, and landed on it on Twitter. Jaguars are up to 27th, by the way. Plus okay. Five. Um, the Jets are below them. The Giants, the Dolphins, the Texans, the Lions. Yeah. Are the Jags better than all those teams? Say them again, please. Uh, the Jets, yeah. the Giants, yeah. the Dolphins, the Texans, the Lions. Houston's the only one. Because <laughs> they lost to Well, yeah. But, yeah. but they feel like they're playing a lot better football the last few weeks than 
Houston is. Yeah. Houston's getting lambasted by people. Else. Well, I guess they played New England. New England, right. yeah. So, yeah, you can make the case. Yeah. Uh, just ahead of them, by the way, is Washington. The, the Broncos are way wow. down the list. I mean, for a three-win team, <laughs> the Broncos, and, of course, they beat the, the Jags. Yeah. The Colts and the Falcons are in the 20s. The Eagles are in the 20s. Chicago and even the 49ers are number 20 uh, yeah. right now on this list. It also shows you that there are a lot of pretty good teams in the NFL. There's a few bad ones. but This, this is, is, this is last night's? Or from today, this would be? Uh, this is, yeah. They, where just, they, they, where, where they, they put Tennessee then after beating the Bills? I was curious. Uh, yeah, this was three hours ago. They put Tennessee at number nine. Wow, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they got the Cardinals, the Bucks, the Ravens, the Rams, the Packers, the Bills. The Bills are still ahead of them. Yeah. Uh, the Cowboys, and they have the same record. Uh, the Cowboys, the Bengals, the Bengals are ahead of them. Surprised me a little bit. Uh, Titans, the Chargers. Okay. Uh, then the Chiefs. Chiefs come in at number 11. So, um, that's uh, that. Did you see this story? Uh, in fact, Tony Polster shared this with me. And he said, this is from Adam Schefter. Uh, okay. The Jags obviously gave uh, this story to Adam Schefter, uh, or his agent did. File this under Dad of the Year nominee. Jaguars starting uh, defensive lineman Dewan Smoot unexpectedly delivered his newborn daughter, Alani Moon Smoot, this morning at 4 a.m. at their home in Jacksonville. So here's the story. It goes deeper than that. Okay. Uh, Smoot unexpectedly delivered his newborn daughter, Alani Moon Smoot, this morning at 4 a.m. at their home in Jacksonville. Dewan and his wife, Amari, I hope I said that right, were heading out the door to the hospital, and she fell to her knees, and he had to catch his wife. Oh, no. Then deliver the baby in his living room. The paramedics talked him through tying the umbilical cord over the phone. Dewan, Amari, and Alani are all doing well after his heroics, which the full team was informed about today. Dang. How about that? That's crazy. So what's a cool I mean, guy? You know, yeah, oh yeah, not yeah. beyond this. This is already. I mean, he's yeah. a he's really a good dude, and he's so he's performed nicely for this football team. I think. Yeah. Uh, and a guy, by the way, who when you give up on people early, be careful because he is a guy who came on late. Yeah. The last couple few years, um, and I'm not saying, hey, Taven Bryan, he look what he could do. No, they've given him plenty of chances. Yeah. But. Smoot is a guy that's really come on. I mean, he had six and a half sacks last year. He's got a few more impact plays this year. He's not dynamic, Pro Bowl kind of caliber guy, but he's a he's a guy that good football teams have on their roster. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like he reminds me a bit of like a, a Tyson Alualu in the fact that he'll do his sure. job. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. He'll, and then he'll come up big on some occasions. Yep. So, uh, but it won't be flashy and sexy most of the time. But what a story! Would that you is, be huh? able to do that? I mean, seriously, like pressure's on. Game on the line, four I mean, o'clock in the morning, and you got to deliver a baby. No, uh, probably not. Yeah. I, I, I still in this situation almost. It's unbelievable what Smooth did, but I still think let's take anything away from his wife. I'm sure she oh, had to no. do a lot in that situation. Well, as well, yeah, zero, zero. You know, I mean, I forgot with the epidural, like zero. I mean, yes, yeah. Is, is this the first child? I don't. So. Okay, so then he's maybe a little experienced. He's, he's a veteran in that. I don't know, man. I'd be trying to find, like, do we put paper towels down? Like, how does this all work, honestly? Well, by, and by the way, you got to settle yourself down because yeah. that is an emotional time, and now you're like, what's going on? And, yeah. Um, Shout out to the thing. That, that's amazing. Shout out to Smooth there. That is a really unbelievable story. Yeah. Um, did you – you asked me if I could do it. Yeah. Of course, we had twins. And it was a C-section. Did, did you know they're going to be twins, by the way? Yes. Or was it a surprise? Okay. We didn't know boy or girl, though. Okay. We didn't gotcha. find out the sex. Well, that's a nice surprise. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. It's actually 
some of the best, it was like probably the best two minutes ever yeah. between Tyler being born and Kaylee being born when you didn't know. Like, oh, is it going to be another boy? Is it going to be another boy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we had no idea. Yeah. So that was cool. Um, uh, but I, I'll never forget this part about the birth of the kids is I had to go like in this little tiny closet while they prepared everything. Okay. <laughs> I just remember this being this t- tiny room. I call it a closet. Okay. Room okay. in the hospital. It just felt so small. Yeah. And I was in there for ten minutes, and it felt like an eternity, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and so then you go in, and because we were having twins, you have um, extra doctors. Oh, okay. Like Austin, it looked like a scene out of ER. Yeah. You know, it oh, was like. Wait, so then you weren't there when they were born? Well, no, or, I was. Okay. I, they let me in eventually. They had okay. to prep everything, go sure. and stuff, and then they're like, okay, now you can come in. Okay, right? I got you. And so I walk in, and it's like, it looked <laughs> like a scene of 400 doctors. <laughs> it's, it's your time to shine, too, Brent. <laughs> no, I didn't have to yeah. do anything. But well, maybe you need for support. It felt like 400 people in there. Yeah, for right? sure. And they're all wearing blue and all this stuff, and I'm yeah. like, what is going on? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and so. And so they're like, hey, because they kind of like uh, with C-section, they kind of um, put like a towel up or a something yeah, up. Yeah, and yeah, so I was yeah. at like Steph's, um, like the head area for yeah. Steph. And they're like, hey, do you want to uh, look? I'm like, I picked up for a second. Nope, no, 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 you're good. No, don't, don't. I don't know why they always ask you to look. Because they ask <laughs> me to look like good. I'm all set. So I do not think I would do well in the So smooth. Yeah. You're the MVP, baby. Yeah. No, I mean, I told this story before. I was at Arby's when my wife went into labor. We thought it was, you know, like a false alarm, Braxton Hicks. And she's like, I'm going into labor. I'm like, okay, sure. And like, I thought she was lying. So I'm, at Ar- <laughs> I'm, I'm literally inside Arby's eating a beef and cheddar. Who eats inside Arby's by themselves? I did. So I'm eating inside Arby's, got the text message. I'm like, yeah, I'll be there momentarily. And then I got one, like, five minutes later, where the blank are you? I'm like, oh, this might be the real deal. So then I, I quick got in the, the vehicle and got to the hospital, and yeah, it was you all good. It. I made it. And then I also uh, I got to cut the cord, you know? Yeah. And like, I got emotional. It's a, it's a beautiful oh, thing. Yeah, and the nurse thought I was going to pass out. So like, I literally I take out the scissors, and I'm like starting to tear up a little bit. She's like, he's passing out. we got to catch him. And I'm like, no, we're all good. Not passing out. I can breathe. We're good. Just, you know, uh, emotional. Dad stories are good stories. The best. Smoot has one that... No one's topping that one. Probably not going to be topped anytime soon. I mean, wow. Hey, hey, maybe they should put him at tight end on the goal line. That was a nice catch. (laughs) That's a great story. Good for him. Congratulations. I'm glad everybody's doing well. So that's a most uh, important part. We'll be back uh, live from Top Golf in Jacksonville. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Yeah, the the extra uh, the extra time um, ended up changes. So the play before we were going to take a shot to the end zone. The problem in the situation, I guess, the decision in the situation was the distance that we had. You know, so we only had five seconds, but we needed eight yards. So that that was the you know was a little bit more of the talking point. So I think we would have gone to the slider situation probably initially, but I think the fourth and eight was what you know with the five seconds which made it a little bit more challenging so our guys executed to perfection and uh you know we've worked on it a a ton and uh you know so they they did it they did it great all right that's a good explanation daryl bevel i feel you fourth and eight they were a little bit that was probably it sounds like that'd be like the farthest they would go with it and they tried it out uh i think that is i said this yesterday i think it's significant that this coaching staff won the chess match in that situation 
that should give people a lot of encouragement. And again, there there's good coaching going on in Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. It's not all the time. It's not the it's not coach of the year stuff. But there's more good coaching than people want to admit because we're seeing progress in a lot of different areas and we're also seeing progress in the quarterback. And so I can't sit here and tell you that I hate the coaching going on. Yeah. Uh, and they're playing hard and all these things where they could have already unraveled in some spots. I give the coaches credit. Now, again, I also we've been we've we've been plenty critical about these guys, too, over the last few weeks, maybe more critical <laughs> than, than ever before, uh, to be honest with you. And as I, I just think some of the situations have dictated that. But I'm a guy and probably in the minority here that is that is probably more praise for Daryl Bevel than criticism overall. Yeah. I just do think some of his critical moment situations you can question because they've come up empty. And I'm going to do this over the next few days because we'll have a countdown to kickoff on Sunday morning, and it'll be the bye week edition. And I'm going to go back and count how many points I think they've basically left on the board this year already through six games. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, Austin, it's going to be somewhere in uh, up over 30. Yeah. And some of that's kicking, and some of that's failure and fourth and whatever. Mm -hmm. Some of that's drop passes at the goal line. Dan Arnold and Hollister come to mind. Mm -hmm. And so you take that, and you if you would just – you're not going to get every play to work. But if you would just make some of those simps that it would look like, Jags could be averaging, I think, in the mid-20s point-wise, and they might have won another game or even two. Yeah, and, and that's where you want to be in the NFL. It, it's very hard to win when you're only scoring 20-something points a game. It, it's nearly impossible, especially with your defense right now, who's yeah. still trying to figure it out a little bit. Well, they're really scoring like 19 a game or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so it's um, you're not going to win too many games that way. It's simple as that, and it's like I said before. I attest points per game to the offensive coordinator. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it, obviously it falls on the players as well, and it, you have to make the plays, make the catches, can't turn the ball over, all that stuff. But it starts with your offensive coordinator, and that's where the, the blame should be put. If the Jags come out of the gates in the second half this year, well, not second half, but uh, the bye, <clears throat> yep. and, and they scored like 27, 30, and 28. Call 30, just, Brent? No, I'm just telling Say you, I would be now. surprised because yeah. I think it's there for them. Okay. I just don't think they've been able to execute on the right spots to get there. But you I say 30. I mean, it, it, if you throw a 30 and a screen pass in there, <laughs> man. It's going to feel good. Man. Uh, hey, we got to take a break. Football at 5 coming up. And also, that means Tuesdays at Top Golf. Josh Scobie joins us coming up next. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690.